So what are we doing? Uh, we're doing anyone but you. Excellent. Starting off. Um, Excellent. But one one thing I want to say before we get talking into it, and this, this is recording by the way. It is recording. Uh, if you are a person who goes to Panera drive through and orders something that takes more than like a minute, someone should fucking lynch you. Here's my philosophy. Um, if you don't know what you're doing, stay out of anything automated, oh, including drive through. Drive through. Right. If you don't know what you're like ordering, wait back. Peruse the menu, out of the line, right? Then get back in line. Don't waste your time at the kiosk. Don't waste mm-hmm. your time at the drive-thru. Self-checkout. Self-checkout at grocery stores is, in my opinion, if you have fewer items, especially if you have fewer like items that need to be weighed. Absolutely. If you've got a lot or a lot of shit that needs to be weighed, let the experts handle it. I think I want to say they're changing that. Well, yeah, maybe. I, I, I want to say I heard something about that because they're like, they're also like losing money because people are stealing shit. Well, it's interesting. So Jewel, our local—I um, don't know if it's Kroger, but like anyway, whatever, co- whatever parent company owns Jewel, they had gotten rid of them because of theft, mm-hmm. and then I guess they were so in demand that they brought them back, which yeah. they do need to like. They need to be there. They're handy. Yeah, like if you know what you're doing, you can go in and out. Anyway, in and out, in and, in out, and out, in and out. Speaking in of in and out, that's what uh, Glenn Powell and Cindy Sweeney allegedly did in this movie. Allegedly, but apparently now they're saying it was a publicity stunt. Uh, I call bullshit. I a lot of people are not calling bullshit. Here's what I'll say. Uh huh. I'm not necessarily saying they did it, but <laughs> I'm saying though if they did, I understand. The publicity stunt, or if they banged, they banged. Oh, 100 percent. Yes, I. They are. I, I, I asked this, I think, in the, in the... If not, I forgot to put it. Yeah. I did forget. Are, is this the hottest movie couple in, like, the past, like, five years? Oh, definitely. I can't think of anybody else. That's what I'm having a hard time with. I mean, they are... They are hot. Yeah. Sydney Sweeney, I would say, she has a bit of a weird face... A bit. It works. It works. It works for her. It works. I think she sells it well. Glenn Powell, though, is straight up washboard ad. God damn, dude. Yeah. And here's the thing. He has such a punchable face. Yeah. But it, it, it's a mix of like... But that's what works with both of them. It's what works. Yeah. I think for him, it's just like he's so... He just like has this air of confidence to him. Yes. Paired with that smile. That yes. He's like, God, you're so fucking handsome, but I want to punch you at the same time. Yes. And Excellent. I feel like in this movie, because in, so like the only movie that I've really, really seen him like focused on is mm-hmm. Top Gun. Yeah. And that, in that movie, he is meant to be like such a raging asshole. Yeah. Like anytime he shows up, he has to have this, like, not a, not a smile, but a smirk. A smirk. Yep. And I think that's what like makes that even worse. In this movie, because he's actually allowed to be like a character. Yeah. With like more personality than I'm just an asshole. Yeah. Um, I think it it just makes him so much better. I forgot he wasn't hidden figures. Um, it does make him so much better, and like it's he could have very gone the way of I always forget his name. People call him Meth Damon. Um, he got his break on Breaking Bad. Meth Damon. Meth Damon. Are you talking about Aaron Paul? No, not Aaron Paul, but the one. <laughs> um, the one who kind of looks like Matt Damon. He was in Game Night. Jesse Plemons. Oh, oh, I don't yes. like him. His face is weird. It is, but he, I feel like, has been typecast into this, like, weird guy. Yeah. Whereas Glenn Powell, I feel like, 
could have been typecast into just like the asshole, but thankfully, thankfully yeah, has not. I'm down to see more of him because I know he had that movie last year, um, Devotion. Mm. It's like I think a, a war movie. He's like a fighter pilot too. But yes, 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 yes. Um, unfortunately, like it did not get a lot of. Like I mean, a lot of buzz. Bad timing on that movie. I think so. Yeah. You cannot come out the same year as. You're seeing. As Top Gun. You're seeing Aldi brand Tom Cruise from Top Gun in Aldi brand Top Gun yeah. from many years ago. I've heard it's really good, though. I'm sure it I've is. I've heard it's really good. Just anyway. timing. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we're here to talk about uh, Much Ado About Nothing. Just yes. kidding. It's called Anyone But You. Which did you know going into it that it was going to be a Shakespearean <clears throat> rom-com? So I did only because somebody had mentioned it Yeah. Um, when they were like, oh, these are the movies coming out next week. This movie is based on this. And I was like, wait, what? Mm. And then I went to the Wikipedia and it was like, yep, here it is. And then the movie starts yeah. with a Shakespeare quote. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting, like, why that wasn't... And here's the thing. I don't know if it would hurt or help, right? Because I think if you tell someone, here's a romantic comedy based on a Shakespeare play, I think 2023 is the year where people go, eh. Been there. I'd be curious to see how 10 Things I Hate About You was advertised. I don't think it was, like, based Ten... on the work. I've never seen it, but 10 Things I Hate About You is based on a Shakespeare play? Yeah. So is something else from that era. Holy but like, shit. but like, um, but like, I don't, I, w- I wouldn't think in the trailer they'd be like based on the works of William Shakespeare. And I think it just kind of happened. But also, like, the thing, the thing that I find really weird about this is like, I don't know. I, I know for a fact that William Shakespeare is like influential. He is. I like how you clarified his first name, just in case we were talking about the other Shakespeare. Well, <laughs> continue, continue. Anyway. His work is so influential. His work is so prominent in a lot of things. Yeah. Like, I, I would dare you to find anyone younger than us, obviously. Mm-hmm. Or, sorry, older than us, who would not know at least the name Romeo and Juliet. Even, yeah. even kids these days know Romeo and Juliet. Maybe not the story, but they know... The name. The name. Yep. Or the story, right? Yep. So, like, I think saying that something is inspired by William Shakespeare is, like... Yeah, no shit. Yeah. Like, you can have so many things that may not be directly inspired, but are inspired by some of his tropes. Right. Some of his, maybe, like, bits and pieces of his work. Right. Um, you can have a lot of movies that are like Hamlet, like Lion King. Right. That are not actually based on Hamlet or Lion King, but they take those elements just because that story is so... Prominent. Prominent. Yeah, exactly. no, but this is more heavily based. This movie, like, yeah. I remember... I've never read Much Ado About Nothing. Neither have I. Um, I just started I, actually. Back in 2012, I think mm-hmm. 2012, 2013, um, it, at the height of his <coughs> power, Jaws <coughs> uh, Whedon did an adaptation of Much Ado About Nothing. Oh really? Yeah. Um, yes. There was um, there was another one. It was a black and white movie. Um, it had all the Jaws Whedon like family, which I mm-hmm. I know he kind of sucks. But I think like his like work family that he's created is really really good. Yeah. Um, like these are like the Buffy crowds. This is your um, the guy who's married to Allison Hannigan. Okay. Um, I don't remember his name, but yeah. I yeah I'm I'm blinking mm. his name. 
But like they did an adaptation where they was like, hey, let's get together for a weekend and we'll record this shit in like someone's backyard. Yeah. And it was, it was good. I remember liking it. It's it's been a while since I since I pirated that shit and watched it. Um, but I I think the the issue that this movie I think kind of has because of that is because some of the lines that they use directly for it mm-hmm. feel a little weird. Uh, yeah, they definitely feel a little out of place, but I loved it. To me, yes. to me, it elevated it. So I, I liked it because I could recognize when when a line just sounded so off. Yeah, you're like, oh, okay, this is a quote from this is a this is a, this is a yeah. quote from the play. Yeah, um, and I think it also allows you to kind of forgive if there's ever a line that feels off. Yes, I think that kind of helps you with like, okay, is this just because there was a bad line reading, or is this because it was? You're trying to force Shakespearean dialogue. dialogue into like a modern into a 2023 movie, exactly. Which is where I think Sydney Sweeney's casting helps because, like, I've seen some people make the criticism that she's like very like she's a little too wooden in this movie. Yeah, and I'm like, naturally, I think that's just kind of how Sydney Sweeney is. And I'm not. Even, I mean, I know that's an insult. I'm not trying to make it sound like an insult. Like, I've only seen the first season of Euphoria, and I'm like, yeah, like she seems like. Like her line delivery is a little is a little clunkier to me it seems. So I'm looking at her filmography. Yep. I have not seen anything with her. This is the first thing I've seen with Sydney Sweeney. With Sydney Sweeney, I'm yeah. looking through. I've never seen the middle. I've never seen her in anything where she would be like heavily featured. Not even that. I'm looking at this. I don't think I've seen anything on here yeah. with her at all. Mm. So for me, this is my first introduction. Oh, I've seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But she played a minor character named Snake. Was she in the crew? Probably. Uh, not, in, not in the crew. I think she was one of the people at the ranch, though. One of Manson's people. One of Manson's people. Yeah, but yeah. not one of the main ah, murderers. people who go into that, I think. Yeah. Um... I just find it, I don't know, like, to me, she almost comes across as someone who's, like, hit it off because she's in a popular show like Euphoria. Yeah. Which is that's fine. Break. I'm that's not her saying break. That, that is her break. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. <coughs> I just think that maybe she hasn't been given a lot of things for her to, like, really hone in on her, like, line deliveries or... Anything like that, but when she is like kind of just like being flirty and kind of bouncing off of like Glenn Powell, I it's think great. she sounds great. It's great. It's very. It feels very natural. Yeah. When she's acting along with some other people, which is just like talking to like her parents, when she's talking to like her sister, I feel like it's less good. Mm. <laughs> I know that's not proper, mm. but it just it does not feel as good as natural as when she is bouncing off yeah. with someone who she's got genuine charisma with. Which, if you're adapting a Shakespearean comedy, you know lots of witty, lots of witty female leads in those. Was kind of what you want. You want someone who can riff. Yeah, and that's well, what she it, does. It feels yeah. It feels like like I said, like some of these parts just really do feel like you're kind of watching a play. Yep. The the line delivery of like when you're watching a live performance and the line delivery when you're making a movie sound different. Yep. Um, and this does have a feel sometimes where you're like, oh, I feel like I'm watching a play and you're like, kind of are. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I think that works. It works in the genre. Um, I don't think there's a lot of uh, a lot of stuff to like get into it. It's a very by the numbers, I would say, romantic comedy. Yes, I wouldn't say it does anything. I wouldn't say it does anything too um, too drastically different. I think the one thing I may have liked. Um, so in the in the play, it's heavily implied that uh, B's character. Uh, which I think is Beatrice, but I have to go back and look mm-hmm. it up. And Benedict's character, uh, or Ben's character, Benedict, mm-hmm. uh, in the play, it's implied that they've like they knew each other once, but you never find out how. And I don't think you find out for sure that they that they like. I don't think they outright say that. I think it's just like heavily applied in the in the much ado about nothing. Okay. In this movie, I like that the you know how like rom-coms there's the trope that causes friction where like someone heard the other person say something out of mm-hmm. context yeah and then that like shrek and fiona like who would love a big ugly hideous beast yeah yeah i like that in this that happens at the beginning yeah so you can actually see most of the movie of them being like fuck you like, yeah 100 um i think that's what gives it like an air of freshness but other than that i don't think that there's like a whole a lot of this movie that's like really groundbreaking which is not bad um it's more it was it was nice to go back to the rom-com this year it was nice to go back to the shakespeare rom-com yeah um, for sure and but not, not even just like the shakespeare rom-com i think this year has been just really strong for romantic comedies in general yeah. um and, and like the past couple of years i know we had um that movie with channing tatum and Sandra Bullock last year. Mm-hmm. It was like The Lost Kingdom. I don't even remember. Something like that. I don't that. even remember. Maybe I'm just thinking that because it's Aquaman. Yeah. But something like that. And like this year, we had a very strong showing with the Jennifer Lawrence one. Jennifer Lawrence one. Um, and now this one. Yep. And I think it's, you know, I, I know I don't love those movies, but I I do have a soft spot for them. Yeah, like they're when cute. I, when, when Katie makes me watch them, yeah, I'm not upset about it. Our theater was full. I think that is a product of timing. Timing, but still, like because this movie's not doing great. We'll talk a little bit about that yeah. in a bit. Um, but I think if you if you're looking for a good romantic comedy, this is this is a good romantic comedy. Yes, it's an R comedy, which is great. I think is it necessary to be an R rated comedy? No, it doesn't need it. There's really nothing in here. Yeah, it's like gratuitous. No, because like no. even even the sex scene. Yeah. Like you kind of see some. You kind of see some some butt, some butt some crack. Neat, oh, you see some nip and everything. I don't even remember that. Um, I think there's a pair of boobs that I missed when I went to get popcorn. You missed Katie. a pair of boobs. I was kind of sad. <laughs> you didn't was it? Uh, was it Margaret? It was Margaret. Yep. Oh, the um. That's unfortunate. As I said, this is the movie that, when you're in eighth grade and you're home alone with your friend's house, <laughs> and you know you have it on DVD, this is the movie that you guys go watch, and you quickly fast forward to the the good parts. The good part. <laughs> the two. The you, two good parts. Yeah, that you can watch before anybody gets home. Air quotes on the good parts. Air quotes on the good parts. Yes, because eighth graders don't appreciate subtlety. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I will say. When when the lulls are happening, the lulls are happening. Yeah, I think the supporting cast is very good. I really like the uh, the black friend. 
Yes. Um, well, one of the two black friends, right? Gata. Uh, yeah. I have no idea who he is. Yeah. He's a rapper. Um, I guess he was in the show Dave. Mm. Um, and he plays uh, Pete, right? Pete. And dude, he's he's fucking funny. He acts great. The <laughs> beside <laughs> a koala. There's a. <laughs> He's like weirdly like into nature. He's really like yeah. into his dog. Yeah. The he's like yeah. It's like, it's the fox pretend this fox is trying to eat our chicken. <laughs> Fuck that fox up. <laughs> Fuck that fox up. <laughs> that made me laugh so hard. Yeah. Um, it, it's good foreshadowing. Yes. Because you see that you're like this. This has to come this up. This has to come somewhere. Something because yeah. it's so it's so in your face. Yes. Um, and it comes back at the end. I think if I have like a weak link in this, I think it's the sister. Like the, yeah. um Hallie, I think it's kind of forgettable. She's just kind of bland. Like and and I think I'm not sure this really sure it's her fault. But you pair someone next to Alexander Ship. Who, who does is, great. Dude, she's she's really, really good looking. I also can't as remember the sister's flaw. I remember Claudia's flaw, Alexander Ship's character, is that like she's being too uptight on the schedule. Yeah. And Hallie's flaw, I don't remember what it is. She's just kind of a kiss ass for her parents. I feel. Yeah. Um, she's oh, almost the opposite. Like she's just kind of like too like laissez faire. Yeah. Like, eh, we'll see what happens. Um, In a more superior version of this movie. I would like to see them more get fleshed out as characters, but once again, it's a rom-com. It's a rom-com. It's a play. Yeah. Um, What's the runtime on this? The movie? <coughs> yeah. Hour 43? See, I mean, that's what it's got. That's what, that's what a rom-com is supposed to be. Yeah. It, yeah. It just, I feel like this movie does not overstay its welcome. Not at all. Um, I think it's it's easy for a movie like this to be like hey let's add a few more jokes yeah let's increase some of the drama let's draw things out and i mean you probably could if people would sit and watch because you're already there you're captive at that point but i think this movie does a good job at like every scene i felt at least like had a purpose and every scene for me strikes its own distinct emotional chord Yes. Like, yes, there's, like, the happy scenes and the sad scenes, but, like, as, like, you go, like, as you get into the second betrayal, right, those sad scenes feel even sadder. Yeah. Yeah. There were and some then, scenes in this where I, I legit felt... That love was lost? Yeah. yeah. I felt sad. Yeah. I was like, damn, like... Yeah. And the happy scenes, of course, feel even, like, even happier. And, like, on paper, so the next movie that we're going to talk about... Um, we're going to talk about how there's something that on paper for me should work, but does not work. In this movie, the ending and like the whole musical number that they play for the ending mm. should not work. <laughs> but I'll be damned. It works. That's where I disagree. It works. Oh, yeah. I, I think it's such a staple of romantic comedies. It, it is. I'm going to say it's something that's really weird. Yeah. Think about Shrek. For sure. How does Shrek end? I'm a believer. I'm a believer yeah. with little snippets cut in from 
different characters at different points in the movie. Yep, 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 yep. And it's, that's, and it's not the yeah. only movie that that happens in. Um, I want to say one of the one of the uh, rush hours also has that. I guess when I say on paper that it shouldn't work, like when you explain to me that that happens, it just like sounds cliche, and it sounds like ah, I've been there, done that, and then you see it and you're like, oh. I mean, I'm happy. To, I'm happy to go back again. I think that I think the reason why it works in this is because you know for a fact that like this is not meant to take place in the movie. Like, no, this is this is just something. Add it to the end so that people stick through the credits. <laughs> it's the it's the equivalent of the um of the curtain call, kind yes, of. Yes, kind of. It fills yeah. a similar role. Yeah, and it's you know, and in a curtain call, you see like yes, you're clapping for the actors. All all the yeah. extras show yeah. up, but they do like, like a bit of their part. Like they're not just they're not just Joe on stage. They're like uh, I am, um, Birdie from Bye Bye Birdie, right? Like I'm yeah. doing my I'm doing my little thing as I say goodbye. <clears throat> so yeah. And and that's I did like that. Um, I I like that like all these background characters that you usually like watch, yep. do nothing, and then you cut back to them an hour forty later. Yeah, in the plane, and they're all like singing, singing. Along to the goofy fucking songs from the movie. I saw today on Sydney Sweeney's Instagram a compilation of like people leaving uh, anyone but you, but it was just like people like filming themselves singing unwritten, uh, and like I hated that song when it came out. I don't like it. But like, goddamn, if it didn't work in this. This is the whitest movie. It's the whitest movie. This is the most successful whitest movie. Yeah. So, all right. So, really quick. just kind of, So, the movie is, like I said, very straightforward. You have these two people. They hook up. Yep. They have a misunderstanding. Yeah. They hate each other. Yeah. Uh, which I think works very well. It's an inciting incident. <laughs> yes. They Excellently are, well. Yeah. They are forced to kind of re convene mm-hmm. because their friends and slash sister are right. getting married right they go to destination wedding in australia in australia yeah. beautiful yeah. beautiful setting dangerous uh dangerous <laughs> uh their friends are noticing that like they are arguing like yeah. crazy so they are like we're gonna get these guys together yes and that is it shenanigans yeah. happen uh, there's that Titanic scene, which I thought was pretty funny. The Titanic scene was because I love I love the banter between the two of them yeah. when they're like, "This is so fucking corny. This is cringe." And she's like, "You're cringe, old man." Yeah. Um, and that's when they like she falls in. He goes to save her. Um, they both have like a love interest that they're trying to like impress yes. with this. Her less so, I think. <coughs> her motivations. If I'm actually gonna love you, a legitimate critique in this movie. I see less of Sweeney Sweeney's character's motivation. Exactly, yes. Than I do of Glenn Powell's. Because, like, Margaret, A, the Australian accent. Yep. Hell yeah, dude. Yep. Second, she's hot. Yep. And third, like, you can tell that Ben likes Margaret. Well, and also he's a fuckboy who's on, like, the cusp of, like, trying to settle down. Yes. And, like, that's a move that, like, getting back with your ex is a move that that type of person would make. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's a childish... Oh, for it's sure. It's a childish move, so, like, it fits. For sure. For her, she clearly doesn't like... John. What's is name? it John? I was going to say it was David, but that doesn't sound right either. He's not even on the fucking <laughs> cast list. Is he not? Jonathan, know. yeah. Jonathan. Jonathan. here. Played by Darren Barnett. Okay. I don't know if he's on... I mean, our Google Doc. 
Unless I'm blind, which I could be. Uh, oh, he's not. He must have been one of the ones with no picture. <laughs> anyway. Um, anyway. Like, he's such a, like, he is, I don't, I'm not even saying this like as a, as a racist thing, right? He's such a cracker. Like, he's uh, a saltine, like, nothing is about him yeah. that, that we're told is interesting. He's just bland. The villain in Much Ado About Nothing is called Don John. And he's a, he's a bastard who, like, doesn't speak a lot. Is he supposed to be Jonathan's character? I mean, the a lot of the other characters are like, you know, Ben and B are like Benedict and Beatrice. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so far, it's been pretty consistent about like keeping up with like. There's a Claudio, right? That there's doesn't mean they're supposed to be like one for one adaptations. But, no, but, but like, like you, you kind of usually see like at least there's at least a parallel meant to be drawn. Yeah, yeah. or like an amalgamation of maybe two characters. Yeah. but like with with a character like. You said Don John. Yeah. He's supposed and to be the villain. Is he supposed to be after one of them? Um, I don't know yet. Because I haven't read. Yeah. And, and as like I said, it's been since like 2013, 14 since, since I watched the movie. Anything Shakespeare. No, that oh. movie this this particular story. Oh, much ado about nothing? Because I told you, like I watched that movie. Ah, excuse and, me. And so like I missed that. I, I did see like the story and like and like yeah. watching this. Yeah. Like I was sitting there going like I don't remember anything and then as I'm watching we're like oh yeah they are yeah. trying to like set these two up who yeah. like you know kind of have a thing but kind of not have a thing right um but I I just like he's such a nothing character I'm like what does B get out of this and I'm and I'm also like is this her subconsciously kind of wanting this to work with Ben. What does B get out of this, but also... Like, yeah, she gets her parents off her ass. Right. And I get that. But at the same time, it's like, this is just going to be this weekend. You can't keep this shit up. I didn't get her speech about it feeling too safe. Like, now that you're talking about how he's such a nothing burger, and now seeing how the play works, where, like, his character's whole thing is he's a man of few words, right? Whereas B and Ben, like are very much characterized by their wit yeah like how much they talk i can see where that thread connects but like in the movie itself i'm like i'm not saying she has to go for him i just kind of wish that there was a little more to show like what's at stake of her choosing him or not because like yes she goes for him to get her parents off her ass but like you don't see anything like you don't see anything but like you never get to see them interact in a way where you're like ah this would be bad like if if they because, got together, so like there's some scenes in this movie that makes it feel like her and Ben are kind of hitting it off. Where they're playing chess. When they're playing chess, like highly that, metaphorical. That scene specifically, right? Did I bop your nose in this movie? Oh, hundred percent. I know I bopped your nose in Aquaman, but like I'm trying to remember if I bopped your nose in this movie. Oh no, because you were too far away. Roll yeah. was Ro was in between us, and yeah. that would have been I think yeah. too far of a reach. But that would be a scene where I'd be like, boop. Yeah. Yeah. And. I don't know. I just I feel like it it besides that scene, mm-hmm. like there is never really anything showing us that she might kind of be into Ben. Yeah, because like I think that works better as like um, I don't know say like a trope, but like to have these two people who are like, we're trying to get this other person, but then just kidding, they end up falling. Yeah, like that seems more of a trope. That I think kind of works. Yeah. Because for her to just be like, I want my parents off my ass. Let me put it this way. I could see 
a version of this where Ben and Margaret get together more than I could see. Oh, a thousand percent. Where B and Ben, where B and John get together. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I fucking love her weird boyfriend. Yeah, the Australian guy. The dumb Australian Jimbo. Yeah. Dolph Lundgren, Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> Bo, Bo is his name. Yeah. He's just like the most Australian. Oh, I'm so Australian. Oh, he's he, he's funny. Yeah. Um, I, I was going to say, with this movie being an R-rated comedy and him being so willing to like, just like play this like dumb himbo, I'm always naked. I'm surprised there was no dong. There was dong. There was? Yeah. You just see the scene where they're showering together? Where John, where Ben and uh, him? Oh, okay. There's yeah. very little dong. Yeah, but you see the, you see the, you see the eye of the hurricane. I he like elephant trunks it. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that's about it. Yeah. Uh, I for, I forgot about that. There is dong. There is dong. There I is guess dong. you're right. But yeah. like, I'm just saying. Like, I'm surprised there was no more like blatant because like that could very easily be like here's a prosthetic. Hold it. We're gonna zoom in on this camera. Well, that's what also makes a 2020 comedy a 2020 comedy. That it's, it's like, so unhorny? No, 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 no. There's more dong. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, there should be more dong. More dong. The, 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 the dick to boob ratio, like, has gone up in this, in this age of Me Too. And I'm not saying it's a problem. Yeah. I'm not saying it's not a problem. No. And you know what? Yeah. Equal opportunity. Yeah. Um, I don't... I, I, you know, I do have one question, I think, before we kind of wrap up. Oh, yeah. by the way, they, at the end of the get-together... They do the most white people thing uh, after they get rescued from jumping off the ship on the accident. Yeah. Uh, the cops are upset. Yeah. <laughs> They're just like, stay out of the water. <laughs> and then at the end of the movie, when B like leaves to go people watch at the Sydney Opera House, yeah. fucking Ben jumps off the side of the cliff, gets rescued. Dude, I, I think I told you, I would yeah, have loved the stinger at the end. Where they just show up and they're like, here's your fucking fine. I would love that too. And that would have been easy to do. It would have been so, it would have been like, you would need nothing additional. Nothing. Just like. Five seconds. Even, even like a thing where like, it's that same scene when they're both at the opera house. Right. After the, she gets dropped off and like, they finally park. And then like the same cop who was like, go get the girl. Or you could even. He's like, here's your fine. Or you could even do it in the unwritten montage. And you could just have a cop, like without audio, Ooh. walk up, give them the tickets, like, what the fuck? And then they go back to. Or, like, yeah. you could have a scene where, like, the cop shows up and mm-hmm. gives them the ticket while the singing is happening. The singing stops. He gets <coughs> his ticket, and then the cop show, uh, joins in. Yes. To finish the singing. And that's also what kind of makes us such a white movie because, like, <laughs> none of these shenanigans have consequences. consequences <laughs> right? Which, once again, is not necessarily a problem, but I think it's just like. It's uh, it's it's just something to point out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I think so. We like this movie. Mm-hmm. I think we both like this movie. Critically, mid, mid, and I can kind of see that. Which aren't all rom coms. Critically mid. Historically, yes, there are very few rom coms that I would say. I know Rotten Tomatoes is not like a a yeah. good like tell necessarily. Because, like, technically speaking, if you give something a 6 out of 10, it's considered yeah. fresh. Right. If you give something a 10 out of 10, it's considered fresh. Fresh, same. So, yeah. it, it, it's not, like, an average, right? It's an aggregate. Yeah. Um, this is, like, at a 5 out of 5 out of 10, which I, I can kind of see critically. Audiences really like this, though. Like, it's 
out of 4.3 out of 5, 86%. But it's at a B plus on cinema on on the cinema score, which for comedies it's not good. Ooh, interesting. Because comedies, so the way the way that the the way that cinema score works mm-hmm. um, is like if something's a B. It's dead in the water. That's what people were talking about with Marvel when it got its first, yeah, B cinema. And score. like, basically, what that means is like, was the movie marketed properly? Yeah. Did people get what they want yeah. out of it? And I'm like, how do you walk into this movie? You watch the promotion, mm-hmm. you look at the two leads, and you're like, that's not what was promised to me. <clears throat> No, I think this movie gives you what was promised and a bit more. Like it's done with a bit more. There's a there's a movie. There's a version of this movie that exists with like less finesse, right? And, and that's what I'm saying. Like I I just find it so weird that like it's not finding its audience well because like it opened to six million. It's only at sixteen million. Which again, you know, this is a, ro- a romantic comedy. It could leg out. Mm-hmm. But like I don't know, like I think it's such a it's such a well made movie, and I think like the fact that like the audience came out kind of being like eh, and he's like I don't I don't understand that. So two things, one wasn't the because like we're not the first to notice that like the past few years very much lacked in the rom com or the com category in theaters, right? Yeah. Wasn't one of those reasons that like people like studios just made fewer of those? Is they just like historically like did not make as much money? Mm, I think they made okay. So historically, they didn't make money. Yeah. But that's because the the budgets were also usually very low on comedies. I mean, you can't really like they're harder to base on a brand. Like, you, you could make sequels, but then those are notorious for getting, like... Yeah. Comedy sequels are notorious for being For being bad. shit. Yeah. But, like, I think there's also, like, something about a comedy where you can market it very easily with a few jokes. I think the problem was a lot of movies were so superficial that all you could do in advertising was advertise the jokes. The jokes in the movie. And then yeah. you show up to the movie, and all the jokes are in the trailer, and then you're like, well, well shit. My second observation, and this is just like my own final Provo sample size, the critics that I like follow, which once again aren't like, I mean, they're, they're, you know, they're basic names, like Jeremy, Dan, Chris, <laughs> Bob, none of them have reviews for this, like, none of them have reviews for this movie. And like, yeah. Bob is interesting, like, he's kind of like, like, he, he's gone through like employment change with his magazine or whatever but i've noticed like in his videos the ones that appear on youtube at least seem to be like focusing on a scope of things that he personally enjoys or is into more Mm -hmm. like whereas like dan and chris and jeremy i feel like are as robust as they've ever been right so to me i don't know it's interesting that like i don't know how many people are I don't know whether I, what I'm observing is just like a product of my own bias of the media I consume, but like I'm also curious to see like what critics are talking about this movie well, at all. Because it's not that hard. It's not that hard to like market this movie to a guy. Like I'm sorry, but it's like look, hot girl boobs, right? And that, yeah. Right? And that's not the, the like. It sounds monkey the, brain. But that's half the reason I went. <laughs> 
<laughs> like yes, like twenty five percent and twenty five percent. Like yes, I was like intrigued for like you know I was I was ready for a good rom com, but like if it was not an actress who I didn't find as attractive, like I don't know if I would have like put it on my list. Like we we took time to play. We didn't see this movie on a whim. No, we like, we, we set up a we date. Planned a double date. Yeah, we went out for dinner. Yeah, we sought we out this sushi. movie. Yeah, I will say that this is this is kind of you are correct. So this movie came out. December twenty second, so mm-hmm. the Friday before, before Christmas. Christmas. Yep, it's got sixty six critic reviews, mm. which for a wide release movie, which this is a mm. wide release movie, it's not a lot. I also don't think Maybe. this is a movie that should be out Christmas time. No, no. Now, granted, there were a lot of teenagers in our screening, but like families, like. Big this brand. is this is not this. You know what? This movie should have come out July. No, mm. Valentine's Day. Oh yeah, that too. Delay this movie two months. Yeah. Release this. What what fucking release day? this in dead season? Release this movie. I would say Friday, February 9th. Yeah. Because then you have that weekend before. Yep. You have Wednesday after. And you have the 16th that, that weekend. Yeah. So that gives you two solid weekends of people like saying, oh, maybe we're busy next week. Yeah. Let's go watch the let's movie. Go early. The, let's go, let's see, go the movie. movie. Let's go see the movie night of Valentine's Day. Or mm-hmm. if we were busy, let's watch it this weekend now that we're celebrating. Like, yeah. I think that would have been the play. Um, I don't know if they were like really hurting to release this movie. Um, I don't see why. Because Colombia does not need the money. They made so much fucking money with... I mean, no one needs the money. <laughs> but yes, no correct. One, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. it's, not like, it's not like they were like, oh, shit, like, we have this movie. If we don't release it, we're not going to make our bottom line. Right. Because it's fucking Columbia Pictures. Right. Like, they have the money. They made a bunch of money. Like, Sony made so much money yeah. this year, like, with Spider-Man alone. Yeah. So, like, they, they need it. And like the color purple, uh, the color purple is out right now. Yeah. So like that movie is going to be drawing in a lot of like the older crowd that would go see an R-rated comedy. Yep. Because like people fucking love the color purple. Do people love Oprah? Yep. So Wonka's out. Wonka's out. So like there, there is something about counter programming. Like around the holiday season. But I just don't feel like a romantic comedy. Yeah. That. Like Avatar two came out. Around Christmas, yeah. I don't know. It, it's it's a weird thing. Like I said, I think if they had just waited, right, a couple, a couple, a couple of months. months, like, and it's not, it's not that long. It's not that long. Yeah, I think they could have made way more marketing this with like the this Valentine's season. Yeah, way more buzz. I think that would have been the play. Oh. Anyway. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Um, please remember to like and follow. We had a um, jolly old time. I really enjoyed this movie. Yeah. It, it, it actually was surprising to me how much I enjoyed this movie. Yep. Um, I was not expecting it to be, like, great. I was thinking, oh, I might be kind of mid. Yeah. Uh, but I, I actually I came out pretty pretty happy with it. I don't know that it's, it's definitely not, like, on my top ten, for sure. I was thinking about I don't know what I would put on my top ten. I, I worked on my top ten, like best and like worst, less disappointing. Yeah, it was kind of tough. I've got a lot of like I got a lot of honorable mentions. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, you know, 
Say what you will. The last two years, I think, have had some pretty solid movies. I agree. People might disagree, but I, I think so. I have a happy letterbox. Ooh. Anyway, All right, everybody. Um, thank you so much for listening. Uh, remember to like us, share us with your friends. Um, I've gotten people who come up and be like, hey, I started listening to your shit. And I was like, oh. Very good. They liked how the new microphone sounded. Very good. Uh, so let's see. Let's hope uh, this, this little box keeps on ticking. Tick, tick, tick. And it doesn't sound like a muffled mess. <laughs> tick, tick, tick. <laughs> um, we'll be back with uh, Aquaman. Yeah. Aquaman. Yeah. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Boy, oh, boy. Boy, oh, boy. Boy, oh, boy. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. But it, I, I, I stand by the score I give it, which is not <laughs> a good... <laughs> oh, we'll discuss this. Yeah. I, have, I have a lot of things. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we'll be back a couple days. Yes. Um... Until next time, he has been Donna. He has been Javier. And this has been the Cine Scooch Movie Show. Bye. Bye.